Hi there. Our summer share has been extended. Share the show with five of your friends, get them to subscribe, and get exclusive content, access to our Truth or Dare episode that nobody else will get to hear, and be entered to win a copy of Tiffany's book, Midnight in the Piazza. Extended till October 1st. Spread the word. Tell a friend. Read more at thebittersweetlife.net on our About page. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. We are live in Rome, like literally live. There are people here. Can you guys make some noise? <laughs> just, to, just as proof. Just to prove that we're not... <laughs> well, in every Roman episode, we've been saying we're live in Rome, so that's why. But this time, we actually are live. Right. We're actually live in front of a, a group of people. Thank you so much for coming on a rainy Roman night. And tonight, we're getting deep, I guess. Where are we going to begin, Tiffany, with this topic? Well, for those of you who are regular listeners, we always have a theme for every show, an idea that we explore, and tonight our theme is destiny and fate. Same thing, I guess. Yes. So, to begin, do you want to tell your story, or should I define what destiny is? Why don't you start? Oh, by the way, that sound is people buzzing in to come to the show. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Why don't you define it? Okay, I'm going to define it. I looked it up today, as I like to do sometimes, because we all think we know what destiny is, but let's hear what the dictionary tells us it actually is. It is defined as the hidden power believed to control future events, or it could just be defined as fate. And the definition that Tiffany preferred, which is from a different dictionary, says it's a predetermined course of events often held to be an irresistible power. Well, I like the word irresistible. Right, right. The reason that we decided to do destiny as a topic was because of a particular reason why Tiffany moved to Rome. Well, I mean, as those of you who are expats know, it's kind of hard to pin it down to one reason, but... uh, We're going to try. We're going to try. I was obsessed with a film called A Room with a View when I was an adolescent. From about 12 onward, I just, I saw this movie. I don't know if any of you guys have seen A Room with a View. Anyone? Nobody's seen it. Oh my God. No, Alexandra has seen it. Yes. Okay. (laughs) My twin over there. So A Room with a View, for those of you who don't know, I'm not going to go in the whole explanation, but let's just say the first half takes place in Italy. And actually, I'm not going to describe the film at all because that would take too long. It just, to me as a 12-year-old girl, it was the height of romanticism. And when I saw that, I thought, that's where I'm going to be. That's where I have to end up. I love that place too much. I'd never been there before, but I knew that that was, that was kind of calling me. And not to go in too far of a tangent, but also that movie planted the seeds of my love for opera. I studied opera very seriously as a young person, and that's part of the reason also that I moved to Italy. But what I really want to talk about regarding this movie is one quote from it, which I just fell in love with as a kid. So to set the scene, there are two men walking through a field in the English countryside, and they'd met previously in Florence, and they ran into each other totally by happenstance again, and they're talking, and uh, one of them says, you know, there's really no such thing as coincidence. And the other one said, you're right, because it's fate. And he said, no, 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 no. It's not fate. It's not coincidence. You are just drawn to all things Italian. Because where did we run into each other in the National Gallery looking at Italian art? All of us are obsessed with Italy, and that is why we have come together again. The other man says, who's kind of the hero of the story, he says, it is fate. 
but call it Italy if it pleases you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so this kind of is a little bit of an encapsulation of my experiences coming to Italy. Totally different experience for you. Oh, yeah. Well, mine's just circumstantial. But you would consider it fate or destiny. Oh. Predestined, you're in Italy. For me, personally, or for you? No, for you. Oh, you can uh, diagnose me if you want. I don't know. As some of you know, I'm a little bit of a magic believer, fairy tale believer type of a person. And I tend to like those kinds of ideas. And we've, we talked a lot about synchronicity on our last live show. I'm the kind of person who can get behind those ideas. I don't go like automatically to science. I'm like more, okay, let's just go with your feelings, your intuitions. Opposite of Katie, right? Well, I'm a bit of a magical thinker. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't count me out of that category. No, that's true. But maybe when it comes to destiny. You're more of a skeptic. Yeah. <laughs> or, or aren't you? No, it depends. It hiding? depends. No, 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 no. I mean, I think when it comes to certain things, like I, ha I get hung up on certain issues. You know how they always say that love can't last? Oh, well, you'll, you'll have this great romantic love, but that's just, that will eventually die away. And regardless of how many times that happens to me, I'm always like, sometime it's not going to die away. I magically think in that regard. I'm always like, oh, one of these days, that's not going to die. That's got to be possible. We wouldn't write about it so much. We wouldn't think about it so much. It wouldn't be every movie's plot if it didn't somehow exist in certain circumstances. So I think in that way, I'm a bit of a magical thinker. Now see our hosts tonight are in the back now making out. Yes. Steve and Linda are hosts here at the Beehive Hostel in Rome, which is where you should stay if you come here. How long have you guys been together? So see, and they're making see, out. So this proves out. my point. So maybe it's not magical thinking. But I would say in that regard, I, I believe in it. But when it comes to, when we got really into deciding we were going to talk about destiny, I thought we actually have a pretty strong division here. Yeah, especially because you just said, when I asked you why you were in Rome, you said, well, that was circumstantial. You just totally, <laughs> you totally shrugged it off. I dreamed of coming to Italy you did not, but I don't necessarily think that that determines whether coming was fate for either one of us. The fact that you're coming completely circumstantially, as you put it, like it wasn't even your decision. It was your husband got this thing and decided to come. That might make it even more of a destiny thing because it's like out of your hands. Whereas I was like, I'm going there. I'm going to do it. I don't care if I have no, can't make any money there. I have no friends. I'm just going to go. And that was almost like me forcing my will on destiny, whereas yours was really like, it just landed in your lap. This is where you're going to be, and this is where you're going to go. And I think... Touche. Very nicely played. Thank you. I just came up with that on the top of my head. Um, but do you need me to hold this for you? No, no, no. I'm just going to look up a quote. I was going to say that you were like Hannibal. I encountered this quote earlier today. I write down things that strike me, and this worked out really well. Hannibal, <laughs> Hannibal said, you know, general from Carthage. Know okay, you know who he is. He just said, I will either find a way or I will make one. Mm. So that's what you're describing. Yeah, maybe you're the fate person and I'm the non-fate person. But anyway, go where, where you were going. I was going to say that we never know where life is going to take us. Sometimes these spur-of-the-moment decisions that we don't even give that much thought to do change our lives in huge ways. And I would argue that moving to Rome changed your life dramatically? I would too, but I wouldn't say it was a spur-of-the-moment decision. And I would say for you, maybe it was. Well, it was a dream for me. It was something that I wanted to do for a long time. I didn't have a reason to go there, like a concrete reason. I just had a, this sort of irresistible 
pull, as that quote says, as that definition says. I had this pull to come to Italy and part of it was opera and part of it was a room with a view and part of it was I just loved the language and I, lo- I thought the men were gorgeous and, you know. Um, <laughs> but for you, it was, no, it was not a spur of the moment decision, but it wasn't like the dream of your heart. No. No. But what I was... <laughs> But what I was going to say was you, um, you, you know, if it hadn't been for you moving to Rome, we would not have this podcast. Sure. And you would probably, you know, like the Sliding Doors movie, your life would have gone off in a different direction. She had a very steady job at NPR and she was working her way up the, the ladder and now she's unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, as happens, but you know, she's pursuing all of these incredibly exciting creative pursuits, including producing a podcast. And I got some looks over here, like people maybe going through the same sort of thing. Sometimes it's thrust on you. Sometimes it's not. Yes. It's a very common story that when you upend your life, you have to sort of begin the life anew. Right. See, this is the thing. This is what I really want to ask you, because when you talk about fate, Okay, it's predestined. I did tell her the other day that I did think that it was helpful that when I do get a chance to move abroad and I'm a very reluctant, not a reluctant traveler, but I was definitely a stick close to home person, hold on to your job, keep doing what you're doing. When I finally did get a chance to move to somewhere else, it was to a place where I already knew somebody, which I think for me made it easier for me to take the step off the plank, so to speak, although that's not a very nice way to put it. But I mean, when you look at fate, this is where I get hung up. When you look at fate, can't you always trace back like, oh, I was predestined to end up in Rome, but you could trace it back to a room with a view and and these other touchstones that that happen. And same with me. There's other things where I can point out that were in play that made it so that I would be able to make the leap. And so when is it the difference between fate versus intention? You decide that you want to change, and so you start to find the ways that you can change. I don't have an answer to that, but it's like one of those things that it might not even matter. If the universe is trying to get you somewhere or get you to do something or get you to end up with someone, the idea of fate, it's kind of like takes the decisions out of your hands. It's like, well, whatever you do. I mean, it's like those classic stories, you know, like Romeo and Juliet and all the other classic stories where you know that the end is going to be how it is and it doesn't matter what the characters do to try to escape their fate or force another fate on themselves like the Oedipus story or whatever it's going to happen anyway but you would agree with that that's a thing in your own life I don't know I mean like I said I'm a magical thinker I'm a person who really gets into those kinds of ideas but I'm not 100% convinced has there ever been a time where you've tried to avoid something and it's still happened I would have to think about that I don't know I mean I'm I'm I mean I had a college boyfriend like that that just wore me down until I was like fine if you don't stop coming around I guess I'll date you (laughs) I can't get rid of you anyway uh I can't think of anything like that but I think the opposite is definitely true like I am going to be a professional opera singer so help me god and didn't happen so I guess I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question. But I do think, like, when my skeptical side does take over, my thought process is, do we invent the idea of fate just to make us feel better about our own decisions? Mm-hmm. And I look at my son, and I think, if I had never moved to Italy, I would never have met my husband, and my son would not exist. I might have another son, but it wouldn't be him. And I think that's why I'm here. 
part of it. Obviously, there's my book, which definitely wouldn't exist if I hadn't moved here. But then I think, even if I hadn't met my husband, then my skeptical side comes in and says, well, even if you hadn't met your husband, and even if you hadn't had that child, you might have another husband and child that you love just as much. It's not like one, one or. Right. Exactly. So in that case, it could have gone in any direction, really. Yeah. And I mean, as much as I love to say, okay, it was my fate to be here. It was a irresistible pull that I could not resist. And the proof of that is my beautiful son and the life I have with my husband and the, the book that just got published. The truth is, I don't, I don't know that. I might have been just as happy with a totally different life. Well, this is what's so interesting because we hear from listeners all the time that are saying, uh, in fact, we just did a few, well, this is a while back now, but we did some episodes where a woman wrote in and she just said, I've always felt like I should live in Italy, but I love my job here in New York. And so I don't know whether or not to pull the trigger. It's a little bit different than the question of fate, but it is what you're talking about, this irrepressible pull towards something. Irresistible. Irresistible. Irrepressible works too. Yeah, it works. I like irresistible better. <laughs> okay. Irresistible pulled toward something. I don't know. Maybe I'll pull you guys afterwards, but it would be interesting to know if in this room uh, there's that same thing going on. Like they, there's some nods that, they, that you felt like you couldn't have made a different decision. Do you want to weigh in? Come here for one second. <laughs> tell me what your name is. I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, Paige Triola. Okay. Well, since you're agreeing, tell, tell us what went on. I actually have a very similar story where I always wanted to go. My family is Italian, but it's always like, oh, I don't have the money. I just can't do it alone. But then I was laid off and got two months of severance and thought, all right, I'm not going to get a new job right away. I'm just going to go live my dream. The timing was perfect. I just paid off my student loans. I don't have debts to pay anymore. Thank you. <laughs> and um, I just went off on my own and did it. And I feel like this entire time, it's just like this feels like the right thing to do. And how long have you been doing it now? Um, I'm about a month in now. Oh, wow. So where are you, where are you living? Well, I actually just got to Rome today. I was working at a saffron farm in Tuscany in exchange for room and board. And then after this, I'm going to stay with a cousin in Pescara. So what's your plan? Uh... <laughs> Are you, are you hoping to stay for just as long as possible, or is this like an explorational trip? It's, it's explorational. I leave May 12th, but I would love to come back and see southern Italy. Is your dream really just travel, or would you like to actually live here? Um, I would like to figure that out while I'm here. This has been the place that I always wanted to go, so I think I'm getting a good feel for it. I don't know yet if I would live here, but I'm enjoying every second of it. Cool. I want to ask you about saffron farming, but should I wait till that yeah, afterwards? Wait, wait for after. Wait, wait. <laughs> How is that done? Um, I know. Like, it's so tiny and delicate. So tiny. Do you use tweezers? It. I'll ask you afterwards. <laughs> I, I wrote down some quotes. <laughs> I don't usually do a lot of quotes, but for this show, I felt like I needed to see what other people were saying about destiny because we talked about synchronicity at our live show in Seattle, and synchronicity I had a lot of examples for. Destiny, I was feeling like a, a little bit harder to... Well, I do think that the concepts, sorry, I do think the concepts are connected. Oh, yeah, they're totally connected. Right. Well, in, in Seattle, I was quizzing her on different situations that I, I was saying, is this synchronicity? Is that synchronicity? For the non-English speakers, I think we have one or two, three. I mean, not that you're non-English speakers, but it's just that it's not your first language. Just in case, uh, to define synchronicity, it's okay. the theory of meaningful coincidence. So, Can you say that in Italian? 
la teoria della coincidenza uh, how do you say meaningful <laughs> what significativo I don't think it translates very well or I'm just not good at translating it not the same hmm? uh, let's just say it's when you make some kind of an intention and the universe synchronizes with you and with your desires to make things happen and to move yourself in the direction that you're trying to move in so it's kind of fate but it's kind of the opposite of fate as well because it's about intention and I think fate is the opposite of intention it's the irresistible thing it's that I can't I have no control over this the universe wants me to be in Italy that's where I have to go See, and this is why I have a problem with it is because I feel like anything that I end up doing, I can trace a line back where it makes a lot of sense coming from, from my past. So when I ended up in radio, everyone was like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. You, you were always into radio. Okay, well, I did start listening to the radio a lot when I was 18, and I was super into talk radio, and I used to listen to records, and I preferred the records where people were talking. But does that mean that I had a that I was predestined to end up in radio. Whereas I would say, I don't know, maybe it was fate in the sense, oh, this is a question for you. Was it fate in the sense that I was gonna be a writer? I applied for two internships at the same time. One of them was for a magazine, one of them was for NPR. NPR called first, so I took that job. The magazine called second and they said, we'll hire you for that. And I said, oh, well, I just took this internship with NPR, but I'm sure it'll be over in six months. And they said, when you're done with that, let us know. And I was never done. <laughs> and you never left. And I never left. Until she moved to Rome. Yes. Would you define that as fate? The NPR called first, that that producer picked up the phone and called me first. I, that is a kind of fate thing for me. I think so. Yeah. What do you guys think? You have to verbally nothing. answer because we're a podcast. <laughs> yes. Don't just nod, please. <laughs> we don't have a video feed right now. So you would say yes. I, I think so. I think so. But I mean, my wonder is, does fate have to be like a permanent thing? Does like what your fate is leading you to, does it have to be, oh, this is where I ended up? Or could it just be, this is what I did for a while? And then that might lead to something else. I think it would have to be the second. Okay, that's good. But I mean, if I hadn't gone through a full on radio training, would we have this podcast and would we have inspired people to move? to other places yeah by the way there are people who write to us who say i moved to sometimes it's italy sometimes it's spain, spain. i moved to spain because of because of your show we've had that before right so in that way was their fate okay this is getting like super their fate could have just been tuning into our show so if that producer hadn't picked up the phone to hire me to npr that person would not be living in europe is what you're saying well, I don't know, but maybe, but maybe not, because maybe if the fate is un inescapable, maybe there would have been something else that would have pushed them towards it. If my mother had never said, Tiffany, you've got to see this movie, this movie called A Room with a View, and I'm like, I don't want to see it. It's going to be boring. She's like, no, you've got to see this movie. You've got to see this movie. I became obsessed with it. I watched it 95 times. I memorized the whole screenplay. Which is pretty much, by the way, my reaction to when she made me watch A Room with a View. I was like, oh, this movie is so boring. How old were you? I don't remember. We were probably 14. Ugh. Yeah. How can you say, ugh? Well, I haven't watched it since then, so it's yeah, probably we, love. We need to watch it. We need to watch it tonight. I remember all of the movies that you guys were into feeling like they were extremely slow and overly dramatic. Yeah, all, you, all you liked was The Last of the Mohicans. That's true. Um, <laughs> but we're getting off topic. The yeah. point is, the idea is that it doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do or the little things. It'll eventually, eventually, if it's meant to be your fate, it'll happen. So even if NPR hadn't called you, maybe it, some other way would have come in. I don't know. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I think it argues more to a, like a chain of events and how we influence each other based on wherever we end up. 
Yeah, I guess the big question is, are we masters of our own fate? Yes. Or is it out of our hands? Should we do a poll? Who would you agree with more? I say no, she says yes. No, I don't say, I, I am not decided. I am not 100% decided. Okay, for this argument, who agrees with <laughs> Tiffany? One. Yeah, but wait, what did I even say? That, say? that it's out of your control. It's out of your control, it's out of your hands. Whatever you are meant to do, no matter how far you fight against it, it will happen. We got Paige. Yes. Okay. We got three. Okay. Well, that's not bad. So, I, <laughs> you know, this is also colored by, there's going to be an interview that plays before this one on the show. So you guys are, as we're taping it, you're at a disadvantage. But I did just do an interview with a hotel owner who ran and ran and ran from the fact that he was supposed to take over this family hotel. And when he finally does take it over, he finds out that it was the thing he had the most fun doing of anything he had tried. And like, he wouldn't have done anything else. He wanted to be a banker. He was determined to become a banker. And his parents owned this amazing hotel in Positano, the most famous hotel in Positano. His parents were like, you got to do this. And he said, no, 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 no. And finally he took the job and loved it see in hindsight i should have asked him if he thought that was fate so let me read you the three quotes i found which argue against it i noticed but that could have been me filtering and i should have written these more clearly okay shakespeare of course says it is not in the stars to hold our destinies but in ourselves ralph waldo emerson said the only person you are destined to be is the person you decide to be i like it and anias nin wrote what we call our destiny is truly our character, and our character can always be altered. Ooh, that's good. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you could always argue, though, that if you're born with a certain character, that could be part of your fate. I mean, it's kind of one of those arguments that you could always dig a little bit deeper. Even if you say, well, I decided this, you could say, well, yeah, but what are the, the external aspects of your life that influenced you to make that decision? Mm-hmm. Because none of us are living in a on an island you know we all have these things around us that influence and if us and if you're born in a certain place you have certain influences on you that may, you might not have in another place the same child born in one place might be influenced in some way and, and not in another so it's hard to say well this is my character i was just born like this see well i would say that my character by giving it all up and moving to rome and then now living the four years afterwards I would say that I'm not a completely changed person, but I'm a very different person. The way that my old work colleagues look at me and think about me, I think, is different. I mean, I think I'm the same character. Like, I'm the same sort of easygoing. You easygoing? Oh. Easy to get along with? (laughs) Easy to get along with, yes, definitely. Um, But how how have you changed, according to your colleagues? Your ex called. Oh, I don't know. I have never asked them to make a list. But what do you think that they think you, how you've changed? I mean, you're the one who said you, th- you feel like you've changed. Uh, well, I think because I'm so... Our, our show was very well known for being kind of this free-thinking, flowing, experimental... Your show on NPR. Yeah, show. Like, we tried a lot of things on the radio, many of which worked and some of which were kind of insane. But we tried a lot of different things. But I think the thing that they would probably or are probably the most surprised by is that I was such a workhorse, you know, and now I'm so, I'll stop by the station and say, oh, hey, how's it going? And they're like, oh, yeah, what are you up to? And I'm like, oh, I'm moving to New Orleans, and then I got to fly to Rome for a month, and I got to do this and that. I don't think any of them would ever have thought that I would be a person who would just be so 
untethered to the world in any way. Like I, I barely even live anywhere right now. I'm sort of just all over and I'm employed sporadically. And I yeah, think that I was kind of the steady reliable, like I could tell you where my host was at any minute. I was the organizational person behind it all, you know? Yeah, and from a friendship perspective, Katie was always the one that I always knew she would be in Seattle. I always knew that when I went back home to visit my friends, that Katie would be there because she wasn't ever going to leave Seattle. Yeah, I'm the one that stayed. I didn't go away. Yeah, I didn't go anywhere. All of our friends, I think you were the only one who, who stayed in Seattle. So then, then some returned, but you were the only one who stayed. And now in the last year, you've traveled or lived everywhere, it seems. And she's living in San Francisco now, kind of. Sort of. I just got there and I've <laughs> never, I haven't been there barely, but yeah. So yeah, you have changed a lot. So in your mind, that's not fate. It's just the result of things that you've gone through? I think it's intentional. That's all I'm saying. I was saying earlier that you can trace things back. You can always say, oh, well, it began here. And we've talked about a book that I encountered that maybe we can call this fate for fun. I encountered a book called Third Wish that's not anywhere. As far as I know, I'm sure you can order it online, but I've never seen it in any bookstores. I encountered this book, and it's all about these people who are out in the world they're all expats. They don't call them that, but they're all expats. They're just kicking around, these people, hanging out, doing these bizarre, deep explorations into stuff. Like, they're studying Monet for long stretches of time in the book, and it doesn't matter what the book is about, but it's very playful. They're playing a lot of games with each other. And I was in a rather serious job in a very good relationship, but one that was just sort of... It was a great relationship. You might be listening. You're great. <laughs> um, you're totally wonderful. And it was like so comfortable. But there was something magical missing in the mix. The job was great. The relationship was great. But I read about these people and I thought, I want this. Not to travel necessarily, but I want their sense of play and discovery. And I don't have this right now. From there on out, I started looking for ways to get more adventure and romance and wonder into my life and because of that a lot of things change you know including the man I met that took me to Rome and all these other things who that came about who I married uh, all these other things that came about because this book started me being aware of the fact that I was missing something when I thought I was extremely comfortable in what I was doing but I would say that that was intentional like once the book made me aware of what was already in me then I started looking for it on the outside how did you find this book? <laughs> well, that's a very long story. Ended up on my desk at work. And I think it was dropped off there by the author, but he's always denied it, so I don't know. And you don't think that that's fate at all? He would say it was. <laughs> okay, fine. Touche. <laughs> I'm just saying that sometimes we think things are our own decisions, but you can't really be sure that it isn't something that you saw or read or even experienced subconsciously that affected you. And that could be part of your destiny. Okay, good. Wow, that was a good wrap up, Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll leave it there. And we'll leave it there, as we say. Until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. All right. Uh, I don't know if anybody actually has any questions. I'm going to walk to you so everybody can hear. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm Pra from Australia. Uh, what was the book? What was the name of the book? It was called Third Wish, and it's by a man named Robert Fulgham. It's five volumes long. Okay. 
But it's worth it. Okay. Is it heavy? <laughs> it's extremely heavy. All right. <laughs> it's got a lot of pictures in it. And it has uh, a CD that goes along with it so you can hear the songs that go through the characters' heads. That's really cool. cool. It's super multimedia. Did you have another question? Was that it? Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I walked away. There was just one more thing. Um, I uh, There's a quote by the, the poet Rainer Rilke that goes on, um, that basically says, the future stands still, but it is we that move in infinite space. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that might be a way of thinking of what fate yeah. actually is. Uh, the future stands still, it is we that move in infinite space. Wait, wait, wait. That would seem to be arguing against fate because we are the movers we are the we are the drivers we are the ones who decide where we're going perhaps there are many different pathways to the ultimate fate though what would you say for yourself do you have an opinion on this um i sort of see fate as maybe being in a river that's flowing and if you don't swim yourself you'll sink but you have to swim to get to where you're meant to go So you do believe in fate, but fate with effort. Yes. Not not romantic fate. (laughs) Um, Probably not romantic fate. Well, you know what I mean, like that it's something you fall into. That's what I mean. Well, again, like the the river will bend and turn its own way, and that's something that happens naturally without you controlling it. Very, very interesting. Okay. You don't have to say what you think of fate if you want to ask a question. <laughs> but thank well, you. Thank you for that. You because that's what she does. She asks people things. I'm a very curious person. Not so much about fate, but how did you meet your husband? Which one? Hear her? Which one? Oh, she needs to meet an Italian I didn't husband. I realize that you had more than one no, husband. No, which one of us? Oh, which one of us? Um, my husband is a guard at the Vatican Museums, and I was a tour guide at the Vatican Museums. And our eyes met a couple of times, but I did not know, you know, I didn't really remember him. Because there were a lot of them. There, you know, there were a lot of them, and they were all pretty good looking, you know? Um, and this is his sister, by the way. Uh, so uh, I can't say anything too risque, but I will say this, and I think it's fate. I was dating someone else, not seriously, and we were going to go to a costume party on the Via Appiantica dressed as ancient Romans. And I was very excited to do this because I love to dress up. And so I was ready. I had my costume and the guy kind of bailed on me at the last second and said he wasn't going to come. And so I was like, well, I'm going anyway. And I got my girlfriend to go with me. Meanwhile, across town, Claudio had spent about 150 bucks on a Roman co- He was invited to the same party, okay? So we knew some people in common. The guy who was organizing the party was a tour guide at the Vatican who had invited my husband and other people. So he had spent 150 bucks on this gladiator costume, basically, centurion costume. But he was getting out of the shower. Were you there? Did you? She was there. Uh, and he was getting out of the shower because, of course, he's lived at home, right? So his sister was around. And he broke his toe getting out of the shower. This was baby toe. And he was like, oh, I shouldn't go to this party. And he also was getting sick. He was losing his voice. And he's like, oh, my God, I broke my toe. I I'm sick. I shouldn't go to this stupid party. But he's like, but I spent 150 bucks on this costume. So. <laughs> Which is a lot. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go. So we ended up at this party, and his friend, who was a real, like, a pickup artist, was trying to pick up my girlfriend, who was totally drunk. So we started chatting, and he, you know, typical Italian guy, finds an excuse to get my number, like, takes my picture. Okay, I'll send it to you. What's your number? (laughs) 
uh, and um, he ended up driving my friend and I home. He was a true gentleman, didn't try to kiss me, really impressed me. And the rest, I guess the rest is history or fate. Uh, did you? I think, I think it was fate. I think it was fate because I was supposed to go with someone else. I would never have met him. He didn't, wasn't even going to go. You might have still met him. You just, you know, would have had him send you that picture on the down low. <laughs> Did that give you any tips that will be helpful? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll, I'll try to come up with some tips yeah. for you. All right. Oh, your boyfriend. She has a boyfriend. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> she doesn't want to meet anyone. Make sure he doesn't listen to this. Right. So they can make sure he listens. I'll just say I was making assumptions. Anyone else? Um, I just have a question if you've ever like regretted leaving such a stable job at NPR. Like mm. Everyone wants to work there. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, of course, of course, but not universally. I don't know. This point came when I got middle-aged that I suddenly realized I hadn't just uh, worked my way up. I had attained a bunch of skills. And kind of once you start to see that those skills are applicable in other places, it feels like less of a ding to have done that. But I don't know. I think I, think I had, at least in the job that I had there, I had learned what I was going to learn. I think unless I'd been able to move into some other department. Like I was sort of starting to move into hosting when I was there. I had done it for four years, but I was still kind of a fill-in host. I wasn't hosting my own show or anything like that. I think if I had made a leap in that direction, it would have been one thing because I would have still been learning. But where I was at, I had plateaued and I couldn't see where else to go within the market I was working in. So I kind of either knew that something was gonna have to change at the station I worked at, or I was gonna have to move somewhere else already. I already sort of knew that. I think I more regret it just for the people. Like, I really miss my old colleagues. And I do miss the person I was to a certain degree. But to be honest, I kind of like the person I am now better. So I liked who I was then. But now I feel like I'm so much wiser than I was then. And you also told me a couple about a week ago or so we were chatting about this. And you told me, I don't remember your exact words, but that you feel like you have what you're doing now is, is so much more exciting and more interesting and has so much more potential yeah I don't I, just mean this podcast I mean in general all the sort of projects that you have well no I think I'm in the in-between but within it I see the potential <laughs> so yeah. so yeah I mean I feel like I, I'm excited to figure out what the next story is going to be part of what this podcast has been about and what we like hope people get from it is trying to figure out how you're going to write your own story and a lot of what I've been doing in the last couple of years is trying to figure out where I'm going to go now I'm still sort of feel like I'm in the in-between, but I'm learning like extremely valuable lessons and I've met extremely smart, intelligent people that are intervening on my path along the way. And, and I'm kind of excited to see what's going to happen. And I do think something's going to happen that wouldn't have happened if I'd stayed. But that's not to say that sometimes it didn't, you don't miss it. I don't know. But in general, no, I don't regret it. <laughs> I like it. I changed that answer every single time I'm asked it. I think. You changed it within answering it right now. Did I just now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tried it. Here's the thing about working for NPR. You never really have an opinion. You're on one side and you're on the other side. Anything else? So this question is for you, Katie, since Tiffany's more of a fate believer and you said earlier that you're more of a coincidental type of person. Intentional. Intentional, there we go. Wouldn't you say that 
meeting Derek was more fate than moving here specifically because I feel like Derek could have gotten a fellowship anywhere in the world, but it happened to be Rome and you met him and moved here together for that reason. So do you think it was fate that led you to meet Derek and move here together? No, I don't. (laughs) I think I met and noticed Derek because I knew what I was looking for. At the time, I was looking for someone who was a deep probing intellect and someone who liked holding hands. That was basically... (laughs) 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 I kind of wanted somebody where every time you had a conversation with them, it felt like it was ending too soon. And he happened to be the first person I met that was like that. Now, I don't know if you'd call that fate. I wouldn't. But I would say that I might have noticed him more because I was on the lookout for certain things. If that makes sense. That's more synchronicity in my mind. Because it has to do with the intention. I mean, I think I found a good therapist for that same reason. Like I just said, I want, a, I want it to be a woman. I don't want to have to talk about my past. And I found that person. Um, so I don't know. Sometimes I think it's like a combination of intentionality and I don't know. Could be, I mean, there's wonderful timing. Like when Tiffany and I trace our stories, there's wonderful timing that happens. With her, first time I come to Rome, she's getting married. Can I also say she and her husband fell in love at my wedding, during my wedding. (laughs) During the wedding, they fell in love. That's true. Yeah, in fact, the whole trip toward your wedding, he kept saying, do you love me yet? Do you love me yet? I kept saying, nope. (laughs) And then then the night of the wedding, he said, do you love me yet? Yeah, and I said, I do. I know. He wore you down, man. He did. (laughs) He did. Uh, Anyone else? (laughs) You guys come from Seattle, right? I have a question more towards Tiffany. Was it difficult coming from such a liberal place? Seattle has its own aura and its own special place in this world. Coming from there to Rome, Italy, like a place that's kind of stuck in some opinions, was it difficult or has it ever been, has it been difficult for you to live here? Well, I should say that I made a few stops along the way. I spent four years in Boston and then two and a half years in Montreal, Canada, and then another two years in Boston before moving here. So when I moved to Rome, I already hadn't been living in Seattle for something like 10 years. I don't know. (laughs) Can't do math. Um, But it had been a while and eight years. And I don't know. I can't do it. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Move on. (laughs) Uh, And so I don't think that I had such a stark contrast between the two cities when I moved there. I'd already lived in Boston is another place that's, I don't want to say stuck, but it's, you know, it's an old-fashioned place. It's rooted in the past. It's not a place where, like, a lot of things are happening and going on. So I don't know if you meant liberal politically. I feel like Italy, I mean, yes, it's a very traditional place, but I think I think Italy is an extreme place. You have the extreme right and the extreme left, and everything in, the, in, in America seems in the middle by comparison. And so... The people that I see and talk to, I mean, even my in-laws who are kind of conservative people, they look at American politics and they look at someone like Obama and they're like, yeah, he's straight down the middle, center of the road. You know, that doesn't seem liberal to them. So in some cases, Italy is more liberal than the United States, if that makes sense. So, But I will say that Seattle's a very young city compared to Rome. That is true. Uh, like yeah. extremely young. Since I live in Seattle the majority of my life, The rate that it's growing at right now is insane. It is not only a young city, but 
20,000 people are moving there every year, six months, something like that. It's growing so fast that I think I saw one crane in Rome, two cranes in Rome, mm-hmm. building new buildings, and there there would probably be two dozen. 35. You know, I mean, it's sure. endless. It's just booming there. Yeah, Katie would probably have more to say about the differences between living in Rome and living in Seattle since you had that back-to-back. But I, I, I found that I've, I'm a very adaptable person and I adapt to where I am really quickly. Even when I go back, it doesn't seem like, oh my God, it seems so weird to be here. It just, for some reason for me, I'm adaptable. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for coming out. And thank, thank you, you. Leave Steve and Linda. I almost called you Linda or whatever. Linda. Linda. <laughs> Linda. Steve no, and Linda. Be like celebrity couples who have like one name. Yeah. Slinda. That's, the, that's it. <laughs> thank you so much to you two and to the Beehive Hostel in Rome for hosting us. If you are looking for a place to stay in Rome, you should definitely stay here. Yes, the Beehive. It's the-beehive.com. It is the best place. Really great. Uh, accommodations for a couple different budgets. All right, and thank you so much for coming, everybody. Thanks for being with us. If you're taking a trip to Rome sometime soon, don't forget that Tiffany is an excellent tour guide. You can find out more information and even book her on a tour. Just visit tiffany-parks.com. That's tiffany-parks.com. And if you have any trouble finding it, just send us an email at bittersweetlife at mail.com and we'll get you connected.